Hello, how are you? This is JFunds1, and we are doing a podcast on the Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 3. It's called The Long Night. Now, this was a probably will go down as a top five in its series. This was a really, really well written. It was all battle, but it had the ability to single out different people. This was, um, it started out, of course, with the Night King really descending upon Winterfell. And one of my top, I have a top five scenes on, on the, on, um, on YouTube and one of my top five scenes is in the beginning because you have the Dothraki, which is my favorite because they're just one of my top five scenes for the entire series is when the Dothraki were riding on their horses and they actually stood on top of the horses and just jumped on their opponent. So, um, you have the Night King and untold number of dead really descending upon Winterfell. And you have them, the plan was for them to basically occupy the Night King long enough, well, the Night King's army long enough so that they can get the actual Night King with the dragon against Daenerys and Jon Snow together so they figured two against one that was the plan and they they put Bran in the dogwood forest to kind of lure the Night King there knowing the Night King would have to knowing knowing the Night King actually have to go to him but the beginning of the plan was for the Dothraki to ride down when you have horses horses will normally cut through troops that are not on horses we saw that in season six battle of the bastards when the knights of the Vale rode down um john bolton's crew we also saw that when when stannis rode through the wildlings and cut through them like butter so they so so the initial plan was to send the dothraki with their horses to ride down the troops that the death squad that was coming on foot and my top five scene was them doing that now Melisandre came right before they were about to ride off and she prayed on one of the Dothraki's swords and they all lit up so you have the Dothraki riding through the night lightest swords running head force headstrong into the enemy unfortunately that didn't work out too well. And when Daenerys saw that all of the Dorthraki were basically decimated, she reacted and said the dead are here now. Even though they had a plan to wait and don't bring the dragons out until the Night King showed himself, Daenerys says, I have to do something now because this was this is graver than I thought. And um so when the Dothraki came back and also Jorah Mormount w- w- went with them 
and he managed to come back. And so the next wave of defense was to meet them and the uh, meet them there, like where they were with the Unsullied and the rest of the uh, troops from all of the armies that they that they basically have accumulated. And while they were doing that, it was quickly realized that they was they won't they won't be able to withstand this too much longer. So they began to retreat. And one of my second best scenes is when Grey Worm said, let's guard the retreat. And him and the Unsullied basically held off the dead long enough for everyone else to retreat back to the castle. And when the dead came close enough, their second plan was to light the trench that was surrounding all of Winterfell. But the wood was too cold. So Grey Worm protected Melisandre, him and his crew, while she prayed over the wood and basically lit it the same way that she lit the swords up. Now, Sir Davos wants to execute Melisandre. But Melisandre says, you don't have to execute me because I will die tonight. Which was, which was interesting in itself. So, you have Melisandre light up the entire perimeter and you also have Daenerys lighting up the troops with her dragon and my, as, as I saw it they pretty much um, defeated most of the dead that came because the dead was once they retreated and then the, the solely retreated um, the dead were stayed by the fire but then they eventually broke through that by some of the dead sacrificing themselves to cover a portion of the fire. And the dead pretty much got pathways through there. But after the dead came against the wall and climbed over the wall, our heroes basically fought them off. Like it was Brienne was fighting them off, Padraig, Gendry, the whole crew. So they, they were doing a good job. Um... Good job repelling back all of the forces. So we, and then you have um, the giant being killed by the by the Lady Mormont. That whole scene that was probably the a lot of people like that scene, but to me that was kind of it was forced. That was the only forced thing throughout the whole thing. Um, you also had Tyrion going back into the crypt with Sansa. And those were those were those scenes pretty much for me made the move made the show because Tyrion was just drinking wine. Some of the scenes were unspoken. Um, while Tyrion was in the crypt, you had Jon and Daenerys riding on their dragons, going back and forth. And what the Night King did was had this big cold mist, so they couldn't see, and that kind of brought along a lot of a lot of the confusion there so you have the dead breaking through the fire they're being fought off pretty good Arya's doing her thing which was totally awesome by the way and um she was fighting a lot of them off now a lot of the dead were also they did some did make it through and they were going through Winterfell Arya was fighting a lot of them off 
and then she found herself having to run inside Winterfell and a lot of dead were inside there and we finally found out what the um you had the hound that was there and the hound basically was scared of fire but once he saw Arya needed help that activated him and we saw him and Dondarrion I think that's his name um the one with the lightest sword um he his his mission was to save Arya he was brought back to life so many times for this one mission because Arya was in a lot of trouble she couldn't fight off the dead by herself so I forgot his totally name the guy with the lightest sword it's late and tired it's like three o'clock in the morning so I'm recording this podcast but um Barak Dundarian whatever him he saved Arya and then Melisandre says his job is finished and I saw you before and they repeated the fact that she said that she would close brown eyes blue uh, green eyes and Melisandre looked at her and said brown um blue eyes and Melisandre also says something that 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 the 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 dancer the guy that was teaching her sword that said that what do you say to death not today and so that was Arya's signal go do what you have to do and she just like disappeared and once she disappeared this is this is the most important part of the show to me because this was the excellent um writing is that John and Daenerys found the Night King. When they found the Night King, they were they basically attacked the dragon. It was a big dragon fight. They lost it in the air. Night King hit the ground. And Daenerys tried to burn the Night King with her dragon. The reason why I'm going fast is I want to get to the point where I want to get to. Um, that didn't work. And so Daenerys got out of the way. John's, John's on the ground. He saw him. He's running towards him. The Night King turns around, raises a bunch, raises. So the Night King's plan was to attack, sacrifice his initial army, and use an army that was killed as his second army, as his second wave. So the Night King basically raised everybody and around John and walked off because he was going towards Bran. And then Daenerys came back, saved John with her dragon. Now the moment Daenerys saved John with his dragon. That was when the show began to land. And that's when the culmination of the story began to take form and shape. And that they were able to write it with the music, with the action, with the direction of bringing you to the conclusion. Which was, and then they were able to bring each and every personality into that conclusion. So that you can see the sacrifices that everyone was making. Everyone was basically fighting for life. And... I'm going to get to my favorite person in a second, which was Theon. So I renamed Theon, Theon the Brave. So that being said, you had um, the show began to highlight Jamie, highlight Brienne, highlight Podrick, highlight Samuel Tarley. All of them had beat off, had, had beaten the first wave. And then all the dead that were killed were, were, were raised around them. And they had to fight the second wave. And then the Night King began to walk. You have John doing his thing. With John, like the way John fights is he fights, he lives off the land, meaning he could take he, he reacts faster to events than the, than his opponent. And that's why he's successful on the battlefield. And he's trying to get to Brandon to help him. 
But the dragon, there, there's another dragon that died. I'm kind of confused about that. The dra- another dead dragon was preventing him with the blue dragon fire. And then you had Daenerys' dragon was overcome with the dead. It had to fly off. And so Jorah Mormont went to save her. And that was dramatic because he was giving his life for her. He fought off so many of the dead to save her. While at the same time, once again, you had Samuel Tarly, Brienne, all of our favorite characters fighting the dead that had just died as a second wave. While the Night King had planned that to keep them busy, he can go right towards Bran. Actually, the Night King had a brilliant plan, but was not expecting what the end result was, and that was Arya. That's that's to be said later. So we have Theon, who is doing one of the best jobs. He is using flaming arrows. He's, He's saying, make every shot count. He is literally killing tens, maybe 100, 200 of the dead himself and his crew, just protecting Bran. And when all of his arrows went out, he got the spear. He was just in a serious, I mean serious um, groove or, or he was in his zone. He was quicker than them. He was stronger than them. He didn't even get scratched, cut or anything. He was just slaying them left and right. Theon the Brave, my new name for him. It was awesome seeing the way they bringing it down. Then the music got slower as the action got more intense. The music got slower, so it was it was beyond epic. It was I've watched it tonight at least three or four times already. Probably a preparation podcast, but still three or four times already. Then you have at the same time the scene with Tyrion and Sansa which was so intricate and so layered that that the look they had the 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 journey that they both went through the 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 they were married at one time and and Tyrion always looked out for Sansa and and she realized that and they were together in the crypt and the danger they were facing was the dead was being raised that were in the crypt I'm not there going to be a lot of podcasts I would get all into detail about that I just want to get into the emotional part of it in that how in the middle of danger and dead soldiers running around, they were they were in a space where they couldn't be seen and they were sharing a a deep moment that here here we are, after everything that's happened, here we are together and we are on the same team. It was a very moving scene, a, a very intricate scene. It, it it just it basically encapsulated the entire season, entire show in the in in those two in those two journey and I feel they'll probably get married by the by the end of the uh by the end of the sixth episode. So they decide Tyrion and Sansa decide that with the dead running around, their children out here, that we that we're the only ones that can protect them and they go and they decide to do that. They basically go to give their life to do that. They didn't have to give their life, but they were willing to. Now we have the Night King Confidently walking with his lieutenants right towards Bran. And Theon is the only one standing. Theon now. Theon. I said Theon is the only one standing between the Night King, his boy, and his lieutenants and Bran. And Bran says, you're a good man. Thank you. Very touching moment. Love that Theon, King Theon, not King Theon, but 
Theon the Brave. There you go. And Theon went to charge the Night King. And he knew he was going to die, but he he wanted to charge death, look at it in the face, and charge it. He did. He died. As the Night King was going um, towards Bran, um, everyone knows what happened. And no need to go into that, because if you listen to the podcast, then you know what happened. So um, that was a tremendous, tremendous episode. The the last, if you if you see it again, notice how the moment Daenerys kills the people around John, how that turns and brings it into a landing, and they they stuck this landing. I mean, they stuck it perfectly. They were able to bring the, this entire storyline to a conclusion in a way that is satisfying, and in a way that is complete. And in a way that wasn't, uh, it wasn't forced, it wasn't um, over-dramatized, it was the perfect landing for a five, six, seven, eight season storyline that we've seen from the very first episode from the White Walkers trying to destroy humanity. So this is my podcast on the Game of Thrones episode eight, season three. I'm dealing more with the emotional part, not dealing with all the technicals and all the intricates of all the storyline. This is just an emotional feeling and in, in, in my first take on it. I will have a more detailed take later in the, later in the week. Thank you and have a fantastic day. <laughs>